Welcome back to Divine as Fuck Podcast. I am so very glad to have you all back with me, sharing energy. And I want to thank you all for coming back. I also want to thank you all for the love and support that was shown for episode one. Just the love and support and beautiful well wishes that has been shown towards Divine as Fuck Podcast, period. Thank you all so very much. I really appreciate the love. So let's check in. What have you guys been up to? What have you been doing? How are you feeling? Let's check in with that because we don't do that enough. We don't get to check in with ourselves enough because life is always on a constant move. We're always going, doing, moving, working. And When do we really get to slow down and sit with ourselves and assess everything going on inside? So I'll ask, how are you feeling physically in your body? How are you feeling spiritually? How are you feeling emotionally? And how are you feeling mentally? Think about it and make sure you give yourself that time at least once or twice a day. You can even do it before you go to bed. Just make sure that you make that time for yourself. We ask so many people in one day, how are you doing? Let's give ourselves that same love and that same care. As for me, I've been great. I've been doing a lot of energy healing, um, experiencing a lot of energetic upgrades at the moment. So I'm a little bit tired, but um, I balance that out by making sure I'm eating properly and going to the gym. Uh, I started back going to the gym twice a day, which is, it does wonders for my mental health. So yeah, I'm doing great guys. And I hope that you all are doing great as well. Definitely make sure that you're doing what you need to do for you. Make sure that you're doing you're doing what you need to do for your spirit and make sure that you're doing what you need to do for your mental health. So with that first episode, I kind of wanted to just dive in with that conversation on alignment um, because aligning is what got me here at this point. Aligning is what caused me to pull this idea out of my mind that had been sitting here, sitting here for over a year and pulling it down into the physical, making it a real thing, a tangible thing. 
But now that we're getting snuggled in and comfortable with this podcast, I would like to properly introduce myself as we slide into a more personal episode too. My name is Asia and I am a spiritualist. I don't claim any one practice though and have not committed myself to just one. I'm just here trying to do the divine work that I have been purposed to do. I'm just here fumbling and stumbling and feeling my way and learning my way through this life. And hopefully as I learn my way through, I'm able to pass back the baton um, and and cheat sheets and templates to someone else. Um, I was exposed to a lot of different walks of life, beliefs, and religions in life in my 30 years. I was raised Christian um, for some time. I was raised comedically for some time. When I got to college, I started studying Hinduism, and that's when I got into yoga. I've actually been practicing yoga for 10 years. Um, And then I got to be an adult and made the decision for myself to find my own path. In finding my own path, I was naturally drawn to hoodoo, which makes sense because I soon after found out that I have really strong blood ties in hoodoo. My family, it's deeply rooted in my family. So it makes sense that my ancestors would pull me in this direction. So this is kind of where I made my home. You know, this is my main practice, though I do not, um, like I said, claim any one because I've taken different values, principles and beliefs from all of the different walks and faiths that I've experienced in my life and just kind of threw it in the gumbo pot you know, started all around. So I took what I needed from these walks of life and left what I didn't. And here I am before you now, this spiritual ass, divine ass <laughs> goddess that you see here now. Um, in addition to that, I am also an herbalist, an energy healer, and a tarot reader. But my most favorite title of them all, my most blessed title of them all, is being a mother. I am the mother of three beautiful divine lights, and that's exactly what I call them because that's exactly what they are to me and in this world, divine lights. They have bless my life in the most amazing way. Um, Motherhood saved me. It saved my life. My children save my life every day and they don't even know it. The love that they give is so unconditional and pure. And honestly, 
It's love that I have been searching for all my life before them, you know. Always wanting someone to love me unconditionally, to love me in truth, to love me deeply no matter what. And when I became a mother, that's the first time that I truly experienced that love. But yes, those are my babies, and um, I'm truly enjoying motherhood. It makes me feel closer to God, and it actually helped me to heal and reparent the inner child within myself, because for whatever reason, I had a weird-ass life. (laughs) It wasn't all bad, but it definitely was not all good. Um... I went through a lot of shit. I know a lot of us share the same story, unfortunately. I don't know why life life's the way it does, but it does. And the best thing we can do is face it and find a way to heal. And this is what I wanted to talk about today. Loss, grief, and acceptance. It... It's not something that was easy for me to record. This episode was very, very hard to record. Um, I fumbled through my words. I cried. I cut out a lot of parts and segments. I added them back in. I cut out some more. It's never a conversation that we want to have. And I damn near tossed the episode, to be honest. When I looked in my archives, I was going to delete this episode because of how hard it is to have these conversations. Why is it hard, though, you know? I feel like... The easiest way to confront anything is to face it. And in facing it, you are able to heal from it and grow through it. But loss and grief, that's some gut-wrenching shit. Some of my biggest battles and faces of loss that I had to fight were... The loss of friendship, the loss of relationships, that's relationships in my family and romantically, financial loss, and the loss of life, death. That one was very constant in my life for a while. It was so constant, in fact, that we became very well acquainted, me and death. Started to not phase me anymore. I kind of became numb to it. Started looking at death differently. But still hadn't really faced the grief or went through it properly. One of the definitions of loss is the state of grief when deprived of someone or something of value. 
for me, oh, and I like to I like to get into definitions of words and look up definitions of words because our words are spells. They hold power. That's why you spell a word. It's literally a spell. And so we have to be very careful in choosing the words that we use and knowing the meaning of them so that we don't accidentally speak something over our lives that shouldn't be, you know? But the trauma from all of the losses that I experienced is so very deep. Like I said, to the point where I didn't want to do this episode. Constantly feeling deprived of people and things of value in my life. The pain runs very deep, very gut-wrenching, literally. I began to actually get stomach ulcers because of it. I became weak in my body physically because I was so burdened by loss in my spirit and in my emotions. Some of the losses that I experience, I don't even talk about out loud. I just think about it from time to time. If it pops up in my mind or a memory comes up, I feel like talking about it out loud makes it too real. It forces me to acknowledge that it actually happened. One of my biggest losses that I don't talk about is the loss of the relationship with my mom, who is still here on this earth physically. But it would make no difference if she was or not. Um, It always sucks when a child is forced to separate themselves from their parent. And they're still here in this living world. I had gone through a lot of physical and emotional abuse. And not only did I have to grow up and cut off that toxicity because it was a continuous thing even into my adulthood. But I realized that I actually lost a lot of my childhood. I remember in therapy when I first started My therapist had me do some inner child work, inner child healing. And I realized, you know, having to actually sit with it, I realized that none of the shit that happened to me was fair. And life is not fair, right? And when I actually said out of my mouth to that little girl in me, I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry these things happened to you. 
a flood of emotions came and I was finally able to grieve for that little me. I was able to grieve the loss of my childhood. I never properly grieved the loss of the relationship with my mother, though. Actually, I try not to think about it, to be honest, and that's what we do, right? Um, We kind of go into this state of denial. This is how grief disguises itself. It's very tricky. Or maybe it's not disguising itself at all. It just may be, like I said, that we're, we put ourselves in a state of denial. And then on top of being in that state of denial, we're forced to pick up and keep going in life. Because we can't stop or slow down. We have to keep going. It's a, it's a survival thing. We jump into survival mode and it's a defense mechanism. We never get the chance to stop and have a talk with our loss and grief. We don't get to acknowledge it. You know how sometimes when we're hurting, we want to be seen and and heard? So much so that we just want to literally scream so that somebody will know our pain or will acknowledge our pain. Like, we really want to scream out, like, see me. I'm hurting over here. I believe now that that's our grief screaming out for our own selves to acknowledge it. It wants to say, like, I'm here inside of you. I need you to release me. But we don't. We keep it inside, we ignore those cries, we push it down and we keep going. And when we keep that grief contained inside, we start to become angry. Anger comes about when grief has nowhere to go. Grief got trapped inside, and then it begins to harden and evolve into anger. And that comes about from denying that it's there. You can only stay in this state for so long before it begins to boil over and rise up. You might start to experience outbursts and emotional bouts of rage You might start overeating. You might stop eating at all. You might start to feel bogged down in your spirit. It starts to manifest itself physically. You start to look for other people to be angry at. People that have nothing to do with what caused the grief. Or maybe you are directing that anger at the people or things or situations that cause the grief. Who knows? It can manifest itself differently for different people. 
But as for me, I was good for lashing out. I even became angry at God. Like, have you ever felt a pain so deep? A pain so big that you just could not wrap your head around and you became angry with God? That's my most honest truth. Because I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. I took to my granny and my grandma. My granny um, raised my father. That's my dad's grandma. And my grandma is my mother's mom, actually. And if you know me personally, you know that they were my hearts. And so when they had to leave me, I feel like they pretty much took my heart with them. They were all that I felt I had as far as a mom. And they didn't leave me at the same times. My my heart kind of, they took my heart in pieces at different times. My grandma died of cancer when I was 16. I fell into a deep depression then. And when I was about 22, no, I was 25 maybe, when my granny died, that was the deepest one, that one, that almost put me in a grave, you know how on those, uh, those movies when it's a funeral and they're like, take me instead, Jesus, take me with them, (laughs) like, take me, yeah, that was pretty much me. I damn near lost my mind. And neither of those deaths I got to properly grieve. I never got to feel through them. Because when my grandmother died, I was in high school. So I had the pressures of keeping my grades up so that I can go on and graduate and get the fuck out of my mom's house. When my granny died, I was a newlywed. And I had, at the time, a five-year-old and a one-year-old that kept me very busy. So I had to kind of tighten my bootstraps and keep the fuck going. Because if I stopped for one moment, I just knew that I would fucking fall apart. And if I fell apart, my whole household was going to stop. My whole household was going to fall apart because, as always, women are the backbones of their families, of their households. So you just got to keep going, you know. So I never got to properly grieve. Those big losses overshadowed every other loss that came after. When I started losing friends after those big losses, it didn't really 
make a fucking difference to me. I became numb to it. So I never properly grieved those either. And that's the way that I processed it. It's not that I didn't feel that they didn't have any value. It's the fact that I have began to get into the groove of numbing my pain and being in denial of it. We don't talk about the pain that comes from losing a friend and the death of a friendship enough. We don't talk about it enough. It's real. It's almost, no, I'm not gonna say almost as bad. It's worse than a boyfriend breakup for me. Because for me, when I have someone as a friend, when I take someone on as a friend, I don't just take them on as a friend, I take them on as family. Because I don't really have a relationship with my family. I mean, they're there, I know them, we talk every once in a while, we might do a back and forth on Facebook or something like that, but I never got the chance to actually grow a real deep connection and relationship with my family members, my cousins, my uncles, my aunts, none of that. Because my mom moved us around so much, so I I, I grieve the loss of that as well. I grieve not having a family. It wasn't always like that. My family used to be really close. I remember us all gathering at my granny's house for all of the holidays, us all together laughing, eating, playing with my cousins. And the same on my mother's side, um, just all gathering at my grandma's house and being together, loving on each other. And for whatever reason, and I know a lot of people who have the same story or have experienced the same situation, but when my grandma died, that family connection died as well. And then when my granny died, the same. Nobody gathered together anymore. Nobody got together anymore. The last gathering was their funerals. I grieve the loss of that family togetherness. It hurts real bad too because I want my children to feel that. And because I don't have family, it kind of puts them in a position to where they don't either. And this is, this is all the thoughts that I have when it comes to facing the loss and grief. Those big losses made me ask God why. And then there was a point 
in my life where I was in college that I had three losses back to back, literally weeks apart. One of my big cousins on my father's side passed away. A couple of weeks later, my dad's mom passed away and we had a weird relationship, but I loved her dearly. And then the next week, my great uncle on my mom's side passed away. I'm talking about weeks apart, pain after pain. I was looking at God like, really? What am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to get through this? I am a wife. I'm a mom. I'm working. I'm in college. How am I supposed to feel this shit right now? I don't have time. That's how I felt. And I became so burdened. I became so burdened, which made me angrier because I had now tons of grief inside that had no place to go. So I became angrier and angrier. After anger comes bargaining. Bargaining is like a way to try to gain control of the pain and situation. This is when we start getting into our heads about shit. The ifs, the shouldas, the wouldas, the couldas. This might be where we say things like, if only I had done more, or if only I had gave more, or if only I had spent more time, or if only I had prayed more, maybe God wouldn't be doing this to me. Or if only I had made that one last phone call, I would have gotten to say goodbye. Bargaining. We try to make sense of the situation the best way we know how. It's like we're trying to put a reason to what happened. And we can't. I want to note something here also, real quick. The losses that you have experienced in your life, whether it was a loss of a loved one in death, the loss of a romantic partnership, the loss of finances or the loss of a friend does not determine or take away from your worth. Please remember that. I had to fight that battle as well. But yeah, bargaining is another defense mechanism against grief. It helps you to further delay having to feel those feelings and hurt and pain. It's us, like I said, trying to make that shit make sense in our world and our mind. 
after bargaining comes depression. My old friend. When I think about depression, I think about darkness. I think about aloneness. When I think about depression, I think about feeling burdened and tired all the time, crying all the time, just feeling lifeless and stuck. Stuck is a good word for it because depression comes about when you stop moving, when you stop, period, when you stop living. And somehow, depression makes shit so comfortable for you to stay there for some time and then blinds you so that you don't even realize and recognize that you're in it. Sometimes we don't even know we're depressed. Depression is ugly. Depression is a liar. Depression makes you feel like you have no one or no one will understand. Depression makes you ask questions like, why go on at all? Or what am I without this or them? Depression makes you feel like your life is over. And if you stay in a depressive state for too long, you can end up meeting death there face to face. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've been there. I called on death so much and longed for it. In a state of brokenheartedness, I just felt like I could not bear any more pain. And the best way for me to not feel the pain anymore would just to be gone from this world. And I am begging you all, ignore that voice, ignore that lie. There is light on the other side, I swear, I swear to you. Don't give up and don't give in. Because one bad season does not mean a bad life for the rest of your life. Keep going. Keep living. Keep living because... Once you're at the bottom, there is nowhere else for you to go but up. Everything turns around.
every fucking thing turns around. I'm here as a living witness to that. After depression comes acceptance. This is where you begin to see the light. This is where you come to terms with what is and what happened and what it's going to look like and what it has to be going forward. This is when you can say, I experienced and lived through a major ass change that sucked and hurt. I acknowledge that. Now, what can I do to go forward and move on with my life? No more running, no more hiding. It's when you are able to sit down with it, whatever it is, whatever that grief is, face it and heal. This is the better way, obviously, but we have to go through the the motions, I believe. We have to feel through. This is what it means to feel through. To allow yourself to feel all of those stages and emotions so that you can come to this point. The way that I came to terms with um, a lot of the changes in my life that caused grief and hurt was to look at it from a different perspective and I I was only able to get here when I came to this point of acceptance for example for um, relationships that I lost I looked at it through the lens of you grew out of something and it's okay because we're all supposed to grow right but sometimes We can't grow in the same direction or at the same pace. And so you're able to look at the situation as a chance for a new start, a chance for a new path, a new adventure. Um, You count your blessings for the time that you did have in whatever relationship was lost. And that's that's not just romantic relationship, that's friendship and you know, relationships that you have with family members as well. The way that I was able to come to terms with um, the deaths in my family that I experienced was to pretty much understand that they are not truly gone from here. And I know that sounds super cliche And you'll feel differently based upon what you believe in. And that is okay. That's okay. For me, I reverence my ancestors. I have a really, really good relationship with my ancestors. So I'll go to my ancestor altar and I'll speak to my dead loved ones, my granny, my grandma, my ancestors known and unknown because they're there. And I feel them strongly and I hear them strongly. And I don't feel alone. That aloneness that 
I felt at the beginning of my grieving process is because they were not here on this earth anymore. I couldn't see them. They were not physically here. It made me feel alone. It was a great loss on this realm. But they are still very much here because energy can't be destroyed. And that's what we all are. It can only be changed into something else, into another form. And my dead loved ones took on the form of ancestors. That's a that's another topic that's really interesting to talk about because does all of our loved ones want to be ancestors? I believe that they have a choice like I want to be an ancestor or I want to come back or I have to come back because I have to relearn something. I don't know. That's another conversation that we have to have that's going to be interesting. But yeah. So I sit with my ancestors and I feel them deeply so I don't feel them gone for me. I feel them more strongly than I ever have before, to be honest. Either way, once we come to this point of acceptance, we can start to heal. And of course, in healing, there's growth. And the growth that you get from going or allowing yourself to go through this process of feeling the anger, the bargaining, the depression, and then the acceptance, we reach another level of consciousness, another level of understanding. We grow out of old patterns. We grow out of old people, or we realize that we grow out of old people. We realize that we grew out of old situations that no longer served us. And we become more conscious and aware of who we are. And we begin to understand loss and grief differently. We understand it as life. And then we understand that life comes with lessons And then we're able to take those lessons as a learning curve. And then we take that learning curve curve and we grow. Okay. Well, episode two complete. That was hard, but it was very much needed. (laughs) I love you guys so much and take care of yourselves. Okay. Also, I want you to remember something. Y'all are divine as fuck.